More on taking control of iOS 17 and iPadOS 17 with Josh Centers. This is Mac Voices. Today's Mac Voices is supported by Mac Voices featured gear, like the Rolling Square InCharge X portable keychain charger cable. This six-in-one cable lets you connect almost anything to anything with both data transfer and charging capabilities and is designed to have on your keyring, ready to go anywhere, anytime. Find the links and more information at macvoices.com slash featured gear. All one word, featured gear. Welcome to Mac Voices. This is the talk of the Apple community, and I'm Chuck Joyner. Josh Centers is back to finish up our conversation about iPad OS 17, iOS 17, and how he handles the upgrades and changes to both in his latest Take Control book. Let's go back and let Josh do the talking. You know, one other thing, too, and it sort of goes to the earlier part of this conversation, we always get the new version of iOS right at the time we get the new phones. And so as a mm-hmm. result, you get this weird jumble of, is it an iOS change or is it a phone change or is it a, a, a software change that requires the hardware? And so sometimes mm-hmm. I feel like it's hard to discuss you know, exactly iOS 17 without digging into some of the other things. Yeah, it's tricky. And I try to always be mindful of the people who don't upgrade every year. Because I've kind of gone both ways now. I went through a period, I was on the iPhone upgrade program. I was getting a new phone every year. And then I went through like four years of just refusing to get a new phone because I got so tired of just, I felt wasteful to me. You know, it seems silly to me to have a perfectly functional piece of technology and, you know, turn it in and get a, you know, shinier, newer piece of technology. I know that's antithetical to this entire like tech journalism scene, right? Where I was supposed to be on the new shiny, but I guess I went through a period of rebellion. Um, and so I try, I've tried to be very mindful in this book to denote, like in, I can't remember if it was, I was 15 or 16. I think it was really maybe both. Like there were a lot of features where I think the A, the A12 Bionic, I think was the cutoff. Like if you have, if you have the A12 Bionic, you get this feature like um, visual visual lookup. I think it was one of those, right? You had to have an A12 Bionic for it to work. Um, and if you if you didn't have, you don't get this feature. So like I could put, say pretty clearly up front, like okay, here's how to know whether you get the new features or not. Uh, in iOS 16, it's all it's all a lot more to keep track of. It's like well, if you have this phone, then this works, and you know and and a lot, and this is actually probably a good thing because it means if you have an older phone, you get updates for longer. You just don't get every happy, shiny feature, but it can be confusing to know. So I have a big chapter at the start of the book where I talk about, you know, under each feature. Um, and I did it this way. Um, and Joe was like, this, this makes it a little too long. I'm like, well, there's, you know, I think that's a good trade-off because then the problem you have is, um, you know, you go and look up a new feature, like, oh, I want to try that. And then, like, then you play around with it and realize you can't use that feature. So, um, actually, with each new feature I document, I discuss it, system requirements, if there are any. Um, and then in the upcoming update, which uh, this thing's going to help me uh, write, uh, I'm going to talk more specifically about some, um, about the, about some specific features, like uh, the, the, 
SOS via satellite, the roadside assistance via satellite. And that those are probably going to be split into a separate chapter. I'm, uh, tentatively, I'm going to call something like special iPhone features, you know, or maybe iPhone Pro features, something like that. So we can help distinguish that. And that's, you know, we talk about a lot about fragmentation in terms of the Android space. And, you know, Lordy mercy, it's it's super fragmented. Like somebody has me an Android phone. I don't know where the settings app is because like it's different on every phone. But there's quite a bit of that in the in the iPhone world. And, you know, writing these books, I have to contend with that. For, for instance, my in-laws use iPhones SE. Um, that's just what they're comfortable with. They're, they're, the price is right. You know, it's the form factor they're familiar with. Their existing cases fit, uh, fit those phones. So, but that also means that there's still iPhones in the lineup that have a home button, right? There's still the very base model iPad that has the home button. Uh, even though there's another base model iPad that doesn't have a home button. Anyway, so there's quite a bit of fragmentation in the Apple space. Like, for instance, if you have an iPhone 15 versus a Pro, you know, your camera app is going to be slightly different in each one. That's challenging. Um, so I try to write around it the best as I can. Sometimes sometimes I have to be a little vague with things. Like when I talk about like the, the zoom button, I'm like, well, you know, you might have this zoom or, you know, just tap this to zoom. There may be different zooms. I don't, you know, it could be anything from, you know, 1X, 2X, I don't know, 5X or, you know, however many the iPhone 15 Pro has. So yeah, I'm glad you asked about that because that, that is a challenge. It's one of those things I try to address with a certain amount of sensitivity just because I, I understand both perspectives. I understand the perspective of someone who always has the new shiny thing and also someone who just doesn't want to you know blow a thousand bucks on a phone every year. It's an interesting point, and I never really thought about it. That, that I mean, how far do you go back iPhone-wise? I mean, right now we're on 15 or 15 Pro Max or mm -hmm. whatever, but the, we're on the 15 series. Do you go and think about people using an 11 or a 10? Um, or do you kind of cut it off where Apple says this phone is obsolete and now we're not going to upgrade it anymore? I mean, that that's, that is a challenge because different devices, it's part of the evolution and it makes sense, mm -hmm. but it also is a real challenge for, for an author. Yeah, I... I try to cover everything Apple supports. So with iOS 15, I mean, I'm sorry, iOS 17 off the top of my head. They, see, they dropped support for the iPhone 10, unfortunately. That's one of my favorite iPhones of all time. So I think they started with the 11. I had an 11 Pro writing the book. That was my main um, iPhone for testing it. So um, I do cover, you know, Definitely cover from the iPhone 11 perspective. Also, um, I helped my father-in-law update, uh, upgrade his iPhone SE. So I got an older iPhone SE to use as a test device. So I try to cover, you know, both those bases. So uh, the unfortunate thing in the book is there's a lot of places where I have to say, you know, swipe up or press the home button. I'm trying to move more away from the home button stuff just because I don't know. I feel like that's a minority, but. The iPhone SE is still pretty popular, right? It's it's Apple's you know most budget friendly phone, so there's a lot of people buying those. So I try to be mindful of that, but it's it's hard. Like for instance, you know when I have to help my in laws with their iPhones SE, you know if I have to go to Control Center, I have to remind myself 
oh yeah, you have to swipe up from the bottom instead of on all the other phones, you swipe down from the upper right. Completely different motion, um, completely different muscle memory. You know, I, I do wish Apple would standardize that just a, just a touch more, but you know, I guess that's a fairly minor complaint. Yeah, and some of it I think has been just learning, learning how people use their phones and what's convenient. Because you remember the the big furor over uh, moving the the URL slot to the bottom of the screen as opposed to the top, and everybody had a stroke. And then you, yeah. you start to do it a few times, and it's like you know this makes sense because that's where my thumb can go when I'm, and there's no way my thumb is ever going to reach up, especially on on a Max phone, right to the top. So. Uh, those those are changes that depend. Would it make sense to have it on on our desktops? Yeah, maybe, maybe not. I kind of don't think so, but it makes perfect sense on no, the phone. That, yeah, no, I, I I totally applauded that change from the start, and and I think people finally saw that that was the correct thing to do, because like for the longest time, you know, Apple got you know this the iPhone screens got longer, or I should say taller and taller, and then but they kept the elements still at the top. And you just could not reach those elements anymore. You know, that was famously, that was one thing Steve Jobs said about the the size of the older iPhones. He said, you know, they even had an ad campaign around it, right? It was designed so it like your thumb could cover the entire screen. I could pull up my iPhone 6 right now. That's still that's still on iOS 6, I think. And, and you know, yeah, you're, it, it's kind of nice because your thumb can actually reach just about everything on the screen. And then they switched to this new paradigm of the, of the huge Android-like phones, largely for uh, bigger batteries. And, and yeah, you couldn't reach this stuff anymore. I, and, and, you know, that kind of takes me back to the action button. Again, like, I find this to be a usability issue because, again, you're having to reach all the way up to the top. you got to stretch your hand. I mean, if you have arthritis, then, yeah, that's, that, that's probably super uncomfortable. It's uncomfortable enough. Uh, just for me, but yeah, like I, I'm really hoping on the 16 Pro that button moves. I don't know, down here or I don't know, maybe over here. You can press it with your thumb. Um, that's that's probably my biggest complaint with it. Well, actually, I have a bigger complaint with this phone. We can get to in a second, but there's just the placement of the action button is all wrong. <laughs> just before I let you go, we've been focused so much on the phone. How about iPad OS 17? Um, oh, any, yeah. Anything that yeah, yeah, really. I mean, that's kind of the way it feels. It, it's like, yeah, yeah, there was an update, but I don't really recall what major features there were. And my iPad, <laughs> I mean, my hey, my iPad continues to work and do just fine, so I'm not complaining. But did you find many new features in there? Um, not a lot of stuff specific to the iPad. And actually, it's funny you mentioned that because that's actually my my primary use of my iPad is it's the first device I install betas on. So like typically I start off with, with the iPad writing about these things and I move to the iPhone later on when the beta is a bit more stable. And so two main things that pop out to me, um, lock screen personalization, not a new feature. This was introduced to iOS 16, but that's been introduced to the iPad. Um, it works just as you'd expect if you're used to that feature um, I do cover it, of course, in the book. Um, and they added a couple of cool wallpapers to go with it. There's like a kaleidoscope scope wallpaper and a couple of others. Um, 
so that's that. It's nice, um, and, and this follows the pattern. The iPad tends to get the home screen stuff, that like you know some of the big marquee features a year after the iPhone. Uh, this was the case with um, the app library, right? They got app library uh, on the iPad a year after the iPhone. Um, the other big feature on the iPad, and this is really only applicable to the iPad Pro, but um, uh, well. <laughs> It's it's uh, the name's escaping me. Um, what do they call it? The the window control, the uh, the window. The window control. Yeah. What what do they call that now? Um, oh boy, <laughs> I'm a real pro here, and I. Um, oh, stage hey, manager. Man. I, I can remember the name. Stage manager. Oh. Um, so if you, if you have an iPad um, Pro, and this is the at one point, it was just the M1s, but this is the, the iPad Pro 12.9-inch third generation or later, the 11-inch, and the iPad Air fifth generation, which I think that's an M1. Um, so they, they improved Stage Manager in a significant way, the, primarily in that. So when they first introduced Stage Manager, um, you, you couldn't just put windows exactly where you wanted to. You couldn't just resize them. There were like certain fixed positions on the screen that the windows had to fit into, right? It's almost like there was like an invisible grid they had to snap to. Um, in iPadOS 17, um, that grid is still there, but there are many, many, many more points on it to the point where it almost feels like you can you can freely rearrange and resize the windows how you want. Um, it's, it's still, I mean, like I said, there's still like a grid there it feels like it snaps to, but you have a lot more flexibility in how you arrange those windows. I can't, I mean, that's, that's a little embarrassing. I can't think of any other features that are specific to the iPad. And maybe that's a good thing, you know, because the, the iPad camera has not gotten better. Uh, I mean, that's not a, that doesn't seem to be, be a big priority for Apple. And frankly, I hope it never becomes one. Um, because as much as I enjoy using an iPad as a video uh, device, I'm not anxious to have people standing up at concerts or movies or whatever and holding up iPads to take pictures. Mm -hmm. They do, but mm -hmm. I don't I like it. This edition of Mac Voices is supported by Mac Voices featured gear, like the Rolling Square InCharge X portable keychain charger cable. This six-in-one cable lets you connect almost anything to anything with connections that include USB to USB-C, USB to Lightning, USB to micro USB, USB-C to USB-C, USB-C to Lightning, and USB-C to micro USB. It also provides charging capabilities up to 100 watts and Apple Fast Charging up to 18 watts. The magnetic design keeps the connections together and compact until you need them, and the whole package can fit on your keyring, ready anywhere, anytime, or you can select longer models with the same capabilities. Find the links at macvoices.com slash featured gear. All one word, featured gear. macvoices.com slash featured gear. There, there are some things, you know, you could file under iPad uh, geared, iPad oriented, for example, in the notes app. You can now embed a PDF in a note and you can mark up the, the PDF directly from notes. Um, it, uh, with your Apple Pencil or with your finger or whatever. That, I believe that's also on the iPhone, but of course it's mostly geared toward the iPad. 
Um, Notes has a few new tools. Um, there's a crayon tool. Uh, a small thing I noticed is that they have they have synced up the capabilities of markup and 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 the markup in notes. Like for a long time, if you if you drew something in notes, if you use those drawing tools, it was different than if you selected a file or a photo and used the share button and hit markup. There there were slight differences in the tools. Um, and maybe I don't think most people noticed. I, I had to notice because I had to document them separately, which was really annoying. But now they're they're one for one. It's the same set of tools for both, uh, which for me is really nice because uh, that then I have to I don't have to say oh this goes here and this go you know that's that's annoying. So and, and like I said, there are a few more tools in, in notes and markup. Those are those are good things to have. But yeah, it's it. The iPad was kind of ignored in this update, and maybe that's understandable. I know there's still the people out there that are beating on the iPad. They want it as a Mac replacement. They want Mac OS to run yeah. the iPad. I'm still not sure. I'm I'm a believer in that. I mean, we certainly have the power with the chips in the iPad, but I'm not sure that we. I mean, the iPad is a is largely a single app device if i if i want mm -hmm. a multi-app device i'm gonna get a macbook air yeah i mean same i in fact i even got into a debate uh earlier on twitter where like you know i, I kind of claimed that the ipad isn't isn't that useful and a lot of people got mad at me um you know people are get <laughs> we get passionate about that but i mean personally you know i've priced out the ipad pros or ipads pro before and like by the time i get a iPad Pro with with a keyboard and the the pencil and all that, then it's going to cost more than a basic MacBook Air. And at least for my purposes, I can get a lot more done with that MacBook Air. Um, I will say I do think probably the one thing the iPad gets every version, whether people realize it or not, are all the developer side improvements, all the additional API calls, all the additional developer features that us as users don't really pay much attention to, but do make it so you can have more capable apps um, on your iPhone and iPad. So, um, and that's something that we'll see develop more over the next year. But, you know, like this happens every year, the iPad apps do get more and more capable because Apple does add more capabilities to them. Although I, I will say as a work device, the iPad is still far too limited. Like it, it's, it's kind of the, point where it's uncanny valley like i pull out an ipad i can start doing work and then i hit a wall and then like well crap now i have to move to the mac like i mean there's there's fewer of those than there used to be but it's it's still very much a thing and i, I think the closer they get the more frustrating it gets because we really do want to treat it as a more portable mac josh can you describe what walls you hit or a wall just as an example Oh man, you put me on the spot. So like, see, that's the thing. It's like, it's, it's never just like, it's never just like, oh man, like Microsoft Word doesn't do what I need to, I mean, who uses that anymore anyway? Actually, actually a good example would be Google Docs. Like Google Docs is, you know, a huge part. It was huge while I was working at Tidbits. It's a huge part of my work at Tech, Tech Expander. And, you know, we use it for everything. And it just does not work well on the iPad. You know, the apps, the official Google apps are, um, for lack of a better word, terrible. They are 
very uh, limited compared to the web app. And then Apple, you know, Apple improved Safari a few years ago. So you could use web apps like Google Docs in Safari, which was great move by Apple. But then it's like Google went back and like, okay, we're going to we're going to make this a bit more uh, handicapped if you use an iPad. And, and this is one of my big frustrations uh, in general. It's not even directed specifically at one company or the other, but I get tired of this dumb feud. Uh, my wife rants about this all the time. My wife, she primarily uses an iPad for her stuff, and she's constantly hitting roadblocks, like little things with Google that you just cannot do on an iPad. Um, certain menus you can't access, certain features you can't access, and there's no real good reason for it other than just they hate each other for for some reason. <laughs> um, and so so that that gets, you know, that that's one of the big frustrations for me. But it's, it's always like these just these little things. It's like, death by a thousand paper cuts. It's never like this, oh man, if, if Apple just implemented this one big thing in the iPad, it's always like lots of like, no, this one website, this mini doesn't work right. Or, you know, uh, you know, something in Google doesn't quite work right. It's always like just lots of, lots of little things that, you know, Apple probably chasing forever. I, you know, that's really interesting. And I've not experienced that because I don't use Google docs that much. And I'm honestly quite surprised to hear about it because I think of Google Docs working inside a browser. And so unless Google right. Docs works better in Chrome than Safari, that would probably be a logical reason. But I've never heard anybody talk about that. So this is news to me. Yeah. And again, it's not like just, you know, it's not like a big thing. You know, it's, it's lots of just little things. Like you go to do something and Oh, that doesn't work. I should probably start keeping a log of these just, just for documentation's sake. Cause like, you know, it's, it's little things. Um, you know, and I say this, I totally wish I could do my work from an iPad. Like, you know, I just, um, I just, uh, flew halfway across the country for a work function, had to bring my MacBook with me. I would have loved to have just brought an iPad, right? Like, especially like when you're working on an airplane, which I try to avoid, but like, is it so much easier to use an iPad in your lap than, you know, pull out a whole MacBook, even just a 13 inch one. Um, but just, just isn't quite there yet. No, I, listen, I agree. Uh, I mean, I've, I find the iPad very useful, but I'm also very conscious of what I'm doing on the iPad. And usually I'm making mm -hmm. sure that I'm doing something on the iPad that's will easily or automatically sync back to my Mac because that is still my, my primary machine. So, it's, we're still evolving, no question about it. So you mentioned um, that there's a, there's a, there will be an addition or an update to the book because a lot of this book was written before you actually had access to the release version of 17 and as well as mm -hmm. the new phone. Um, what, what is the upgrade policy? What's the cost of this book? You know, all the specifics, please. All right. So, uh, new, I believe this book is 14.99. I think if you're upgrading from the iOS 16 book, you get it for like about half that, like maybe like 7.49. Um, don't exactly quote me on that, but you do get a nice upgrade price. Um, and then the updates for the year are free, um, to cover, you know, things, things I missed in the first go around and, you know, the, you know, there's always just a handful of small errors that don't seem to be avoidable. Um, and, uh, you know, as they add new features, like there's some new things coming up in iOS 
And then at some point before the end of the year, we're expecting the the journal app, which uh, you know Apple kind of hyped up and then forgot to ship. Um, so you know we'll cover that in in some capacity uh, in an update. But uh, if you buy the book now, or if you've already bought the book, then uh, we are going to take care of you through the life cycle of iOS, at least until I get too busy writing about iOS 18. <laughs> oh, I imagine that'll be a year away. Maybe. Hopefully. <laughs> <laughs> Josh, before you go, let folks know how they can reach you and and talk about anything else that you do that you want to talk about. Cause I know you, oh, you do yeah. wear a number of hats. I, I do. I do do a lot of things. Um, uh, where, where do I tell people to go these days? I, things are so fragmented. I don't even know. Um, I do run the blog at text expander. You can get that with TextExpander.com slash blog. Um, most of that stuff probably isn't going to be too interesting for a lot of people who, who read this, but we do, I do post some tips occasionally. I post uh, some good ones every now and then. Um, a lot of it's kind of generic business stuff. Um, and then uh, I run the social accounts for Text Expander. And right now we're primarily focused on Twitter. That's uh, twitter.com slash text expander. And you can also LinkedIn. Um, just look up Text Expander on there. I do all the posting on there. Um, Let's see. I do have a Twitter still, or is it an X? I don't know, but that's um, twitter.com slash J centers, J C E N T E R S. Honestly, I don't post a lot of Apple stuff there these days, um, except on event days. So I don't know, probably just a lot of noise for most people. And um, for those interested, I run a Substack about preparedness called unprepared, unprepared.life. That's the URL, uh, unprepared.life. Um, put out most stuff for free. There is a $7 a month subscription tier for those interested. And I do try to make it worth your while. Um, and then, uh, yeah, I think that's, that's the main things I do these days. Okay. That's enough to keep you busy. Enough to keep you busy. Yeah. <laughs> well, Josh, I, I get the impression we'll be talking about, uh, the Apple TV book, um, in the not too distant future, I hope. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, we'll, we will see you then. Um, and of course, if anything else comes up, you know, you're always welcome. Definitely have to have you back, uh, back to talk more about text expander because anyone that yeah. watches the show knows I'm a huge fan. And so I, that was the one thing I disagreed with you on. I think the blog is well worth people's times, uh, just to discover Good. new things that can be done with it or find out what text expander is all about. And then you'll be able to do those amazing things too. So that's not a paid advertisement. I really do believe it. Oh, Josh, the product's please. amazing. I don't know the blog, but I don't work on the product yeah. though. <laughs> yeah, well, it's okay. Yeah, but you're you're the one that's running the communication stack. So, yeah. Josh, we'll yeah. see you soon. Thanks so much for the time. All right, thank you, Chuck. It's been a pleasure, folks. I'm Chuck Joyner. This is Mac Voices. Take Control Books is where you go to get Josh's new book. And you definitely want to get Josh's new book because it's good now. It'll be getting getting even better when he adds the update uh, since he's got his new phone. Until the next time, as always, thanks for watching. Visit MacVoices.com for show notes and to connect with Chuck on social media. Get involved in our Facebook group or like our Facebook page. And get more out of your Apple tech with Mac Voices Magazine. 
free on Flipboard and on the web. And if you find value in it all, consider supporting us through either our Patreon campaign at patreon.com slash macvoices or making a one-time donation via the PayPal link on our front page and in the show notes of each episode. You will join these fine people who help bring you Mac Voices each month. Advertising handled by Backbeat Media at backbeatmedia.com. Bandwidth provided by Cashfly at cashfly.com.